0: Hey team, I want you to meet Brandon Flaherty, founder of Be Focused, Live Great. But first, here's what Megan Mischak said about Brandon. Okay, so Brandon Flaherty is one of my favorites. Um, He is actually a million dollar seller, which is like a huge goal for a lot of people. Um, Just released an incredible ebook that talks about a lot of the things I mentioned in terms of not doing more, but doing better um, and really aligning habits with your Big Peep purpose and forming, bringing in a lot of strategies that will help you get there. Brandon, what are three ways your team converts your market into revenue? Content, community, and connections. I've uh, been doing it with my business. I learned it really effectively at my old company, Live Person. and putting out good, authentic content draws people in, building not an audience but a community where prospects can co-mingle with uh, actual customers. I think having folks talk to those who maybe be 12, 18 months down that path is a really powerful thing for those who are maybe on the fence of buying a digital solution, buying a transformation. And then connections. So having those connections that are a level deeper, a bit more meaningful. And I always liked to turn every meeting that I had with a prospect into more of a collaborative design session. Uh, Just a great way to, to get folks to open up, lead with curiosity, get those insights, and then use those insights in a really actionable way. You can actually cut down a lot of meetings in the sales process by turning your Uh, Meetings into more of a meaningful connection and and using design principles. What are three hard problems that you recently overcame? So, as someone who's highly introverted, um, being in what is mostly perceived as an extroverted world in sales, overcoming imposter syndrome was really important for me. And uh, especially as I was leveling up, I needed to learn through working with a specific Coach who specializes on imposter syndrome. And what we realized is imposter syndrome is a healthy sign for high achievers, especially as you're elevating inside your career. So that helped me to sort of repurpose my introversion and, you know, being really quiet into a sales superpower by being more empathetic, being a really good listener, being. Uh, an overthinker that helped me to look deeply into a company that I was pursuing as a product, uh, as a prospect, and to be able to pull in insights that might be meaningful and helpful to, to that prospect and landing that opportunity. So overcoming imposter syndrome was a big one for me. Um, I would say the second thing is less... Um, transactions and thinking more about transformations so thinking bigger with my prospects um, and by getting outside of the box of selling a one-off transaction which is common in particularly the industry i came from saas software as a service uh, the usual model is land then expand um, i wanted to rethink that model and think how could I think actually more expansive from the beginning um, and open up the aperture of where we started um, and then make a more meaningful impact using our services and using our solution, pulling mo- in more people who could help a really large brand like a Delta Airlines, a Chipotle, a United Healthcare to really go after big moonshot? ideas and challenges that they were trying to solve for. So uh, second one, you know, transformations over transactions. Um, And then a big one that really changed really the direction of my career, my life was saying no more. Um, So this concept of slowing down in order to speed up, Uh, I had the uh, I guess, the temptation to want to hold on to every account, um, wanting to say yes to every opportunity. And unfortunately, what that was doing was just spreading me too thin and leading to a path to, to burnout. Um, but when I worked with a manager and, and a coach who really helped give me some good sound advice and outside perspective of, hey, you're best suited when you can go deeper with an account versus trying to work too many accounts at once, why don't you slow down in order to speed up your progress? And that was really profound and game-changing for my career. What's a roadblock that you're working on right now? Staying committed to long-term thinking. Um, so I've made the transition from entrepreneur as an individual contributor, a high Uh, impact strategic SaaS seller, working for other large companies, public companies, to now being a solopreneur and saying no, uh, you know, as I'm trying to grow a business and stay focused on long-term initiatives and goals, that's been a real challenge. And I think the best thing that's been helping me is the commitment to pillars and a theme that I I said when I started my business, when I launched my business just a month ago, staying grounded to those operating principles versus saying yes to lucrative consulting opportunities or uh, coaching engagements that are coming at me often, great first world problem to have. Certainly, I'm very fortunate and grateful for that, but um, I know that, could lead down a path of tempting me to steer away and veer away from my long-term vision and North Star for, for the organization. So um, staying long, long, playing the long game is definitely a, a challenge that and a roadblock I'm trying to overcome. Um, I'm sort of over imposter syndrome, it creeps in from time to time. But a challenge that I'm currently facing a lot that I encounter is comparison syndrome. So comparing my business or myself to others that I might see being hyper successful in social media or other businesses that I aspire to be like and comparing myself where I am now, um, I think it's been a challenge. And, And one thing I'm always trying to keep in the back of my mind is... You know, everybody's on their own path. And I can't look at someone or a business that might be 18, 24, 10 years further down that road than I am and expect the same uh, results or impacts. Uh, it's just unfair and unrealistic. Um, but it's hard. It's hard in today's modern world when we're constantly bombarded with no- notifications and the dopamine hits of of novelty of social media uh, to constantly see how well other people are doing and wanting to compare yourself. Uh, it's, 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 that's the second one. And then the third one is I'm really bullish on its concept of a personal operating system. And so refining my personal operating system in the sense of turning it into a thrive system, um, that's what I'm endeavoring on and that takes looking at things like how well rested i am how i'm sleeping how healthy i am how that's integrated between my work and my life um so that i can be at my best when i'm trying to work um i can stay undistracted when i'm trying to do highly strategic work and i can focus and get in flow state. So fine-tuning, tweaking, and evolving that personal operating system. So it's a consistent thrive system. Uh, That's something I'm I'm really excited about working on. What are three mental models that you use to do your best work? This is going back to my personal operating system or what will be my thrive system. Uh, The first one is T managing my T and T stands for time, energy, and attention. So we all, hear a lot about time management it's important how you manage your time because it is the one finite resource that we all have as individuals um so being able to manage your time effectively is very important but i think equally if not more important is e energy because you could have all the time in the world if you're sick you contract covid You know, what good is it if you're have that time right now because your calendar has been cleared, sorry, uh, can't take this meeting, um, but you can't fill that with high energy to actually accomplish something. Um, That's why preventing burnout, monitoring sleep, prioritizing our health, not falling into the trap of work-life balance, which really doesn't exist in modern society for knowledge workers Focusing more on work life integration, um, m- when you work is just as important as what you do. So, keeping that energy as high as possible so you can actually conduct elite work every day, I think that's really important. Um, and then the A is your attention. Um, like I said earlier, it's really easy to get caught down the rabbit hole of scrolling maybe Instagram or LinkedIn. And, or starting in your inbox and responding to prospects or clients or managers or teammates before you know it, it's lunchtime. Uh, And then you're moving over to Slack. So focusing your attention um, and applying that in the right way is is really important too. So that mental model of T keeps me in check. The second one is DFC. Uh, DFC stands for discipline, flexibility. curiosity. It's my operating mechanism for just about anything with a start, middle, and end. So in a simple unit, it could be a single work day. Um, It could be a sales meeting, a single meeting. It could be a sales engagement, a project, you name it. And the way it works is I want to, at the start of something, I want to be disciplined and I want to embody the athletic persona. Um, why a world class athlete knows how to warm themselves up uh, to get ready for intense training or competition. So, if you can start well, generally the training or the game, uh, your performance will go well thereafter. So, you need to get your mind, your body, and your motions in a good state, and that takes discipline. Um, but during the middle of a meeting or in the middle of the workday, you can't control everything. So that's when I need to be a bit more flexible, say like a creative artist. And I always think of like an improv comedian. You might throw out uh, something for that improv comedian to make a joke about or a heckler in the crowd or, hey, Will Smith might come up on stage and slap you in the face. Um, You got to be flexible to, uh, you know, not panic and be able to keep your composure stay professional. Um, So flexibility is really important during the middle stage. And then at the end, that end of that workday, that the end of that project, the end of that meeting, the end of that sales engagement, I want to look back with curiosity like a scientist would and think not with emotion, but more with that curiosity so that I can look at whatever happened And view those things as data points. So two really important questions that I would ask would be, what went well? And I double down on that the next workday or the next meeting or the next sales engagement. And I'd also ask what didn't go well, what could be improved? And I figure out what the gaps are so I can prove on it. That keeps the emotion out of it. And I'm not attached to that emotion. And... Allows me to progress, even just by one percent better the next time I, I come come back to whatever it is that uh, that I just completed. Um, and then the fine, th- the third and final mental model is prep, plan, rest, effort, and perform. Uh, so having that curiosity um, allows me to sort of now move into planning tomorrow. That's the The last thing I like to do uh, for the workday, plan out tomorrow so that I can R, rest easy in the evening. I don't have anything weighing on my head. I've cleaned out my inbox. I've blocked off my schedule for tomorrow. Um, I can rest easy. By getting proper rest, then I can give 100% E, effort on my most important task because I've already planned out the day. And now I can execute on that. And then that delivers uh, good performance. Um, And again, I can look back on and evaluate that performance. What are three techniques that other GTM teams need to try? First thing, I think level up your environment. Um, And we've all been thrust upon a remote first environment as sellers uh, and go-to-market leaders. So how do you put something in your background, for instance, a camera, um, you know, leveling up your camera, leveling up your environment that makes you inspired to wanna come and do good work every day. There's small things that we can implement that levels up our environment. And that will in turn level up the connections that can be had when we're, you know, trying to pitch or propose or progress an opportunity. Um, so I really encourage folks to think about how they could level up their environment. Uh, the second thing is in that vein is leveling up tools um, and what can support that environment. What can support the way you need to work? A very good example of that is you know, battling Zoom fatigue that, that we've all also encountered over the past two, two and a half years. A great tool is a product called, mm -hmm, literally, mmhmm, started by the former founder of Evernote. It's an awesome video-based tool that can overlay on Zoom or Microsoft Teams or Google Meet, and it can literally put you inside the meeting and the presentation. So you can be pointing at things. You can bring the presentation to life. That could be the difference between closing a deal or or losing a deal. So find the right tools that that work for you. And then the third thing is going back to being, thinking like a designer and uh, designing systems, being a systems thinker. Uh, I think the best way that we can scale our capabilities is not thinking about constantly hustling and grinding, But how can you put yourself in a position to take the good work that you do, take your knowledge, build it once, and then scale it multiple times? And I think that's really powerful as individuals, as teams, as companies, uh, to to think about how we do that. And a lot of it's going to come down to automating, um, outsourcing, or even eliminating certain things or perhaps you know, delegating or collaborating on on the things that are redundant. What are three questions you love to ask and why? I I ask myself these questions and I encourage others that I I work with to ask themselves these questions. Um, And I'm going to cheat a little bit. I I don't think I can narrow it down to three. I'm going to color outside the lines here. I'm going to go with four questions. The first one is what motivates me? Um, I think that's a one that's a good one to constantly ask yourself as you take on really anything big, any big endeavor it could be going into a new year, could be going into a new quarter could be reevaluating your account list and starting to become more targeted with your, your account list. So asking yourself what motivates you, that's going to bring about certain criteria that you start to define for yourself. And if you can align things like what motivates you against your account list uh, from a personality perspective, from a knowledge perspective, from an interest perspective, from an impact perspective, that's just good business. Um, And then a tick down from that is what are your priorities Understanding what motivates you, understanding what your priorities are, allows you to point your operating, your personal operating system in the right direction. And it helps you to manage your T, your time, energy, and attention effectively. Um, And you can always ask yourself, well, is this a priority? Is this my most important activity that I should be doing right now? Should I be spending my time on this, my energy and my attention? And then a third question I would ask is well the, the two question two additional questions that I ask myself when I'm curious sort of at the end state of a day or a meeting or a sales engagement you know what went well and then just repeat that double down systemize that um, that that goodness and then what didn't go well um, and figure out where the skill gap is or what you need to do to fine tune your performance to be better at it tomorrow or the next time. Who are three operators that should be our next guests and why? My first one is Katie McPhee out of Ottawa, Canada. Um, I've recently come across Katie on LinkedIn as of a few months ago, and I've been really impressed with her voice and particularly around empowering other females to step into a leadership role and a go-to-market role, sales role. Um, She's done it herself. Uh, She's done it successfully. And I think it's a really important voice uh, to highlight and put a light on, spotlight on, because I think it's it's an area that needs improvement in the sales go-to-market space, uh, there's a, still a, still a male-dominated voice uh, in, in the go-to-market world. And I think bringing diversity is just good business. Um, just good thing to do as human beings, but it's also good for business. Uh, so she's an awesome one to uh, bring on to the show. Um, Jamal Reimer. Um, Jamal is also, he's the author of Mega Deal Secrets. Um, he is somebody... Who I've personally connected with as well over the past several months, a big influencer in the strategic and enterprise sales space. He's closed multiple eight-figure deals uh, throughout his esteemed career. And he's putting a voice uh, that is not so common, um, you know, like myself, on the sort of the, the deeper end of go-to-market strategy, and closing transformative deals with some of the world's largest brands at uh, really big deal sizes. So I think that voice, uh, and it's also important because, you know, like myself and Jamal, he's come from ordinary beginnings and failures uh, to achieving really extraordinary things. Uh, So he would be a great person to have on the show and then in that same vein, the third person would be Ian Kaniak out of Southern California. Um, really, it's the three of us who are talking about these really big deal strategies, but looking at it more holistically of how you can bring a more humanistic approach to your sales approach. Think more deeply about your purpose and your why and how that can impact your go-to-market strategy and your sales strategy. Um, great for individuals, great for companies, great for teams, and uh, he would be an, another person. He has an amazing story about how he's, you know, had to overcome some real big, big obstacles in life, like addiction, uh, to, you know, find the the peace and success that he's had. Uh, so those would be my three super good episode. Brandon, thank you so much. Sure, thanks for having me on. This was great. Hey team, what did you think about this? I think you need to put Brandon Fluharty on your go-to-market radar. If you want to understand how Brandon hit seven figures without burning out, go check out his LinkedIn. Oh, by the way, have we met yet? I'm Chris Morgan, host of the Market to Revenue podcast. Shoot me an email right now about what you thought about this episode. It's chris at revenue.com. Talk to you in a moment.